This is Beyond the Bell Tower, where an elite group of North Carolina State University students give us a behind-the-scenes look at their steps to success and show us how they attain even their lofty goals. These students, who are in the top 10% of the country, are active in student support services at NC State, a nationally recognized program designed to provide support for low-income, first-generation college students. Nationally, this population has an 11% graduation rate within six years. The student support services students surpass that rate each year and go on to become doctors, dentists, accountants, and engineers. They work at Google, Apple, and the NCAA. They have earned PhDs in Ivy League colleges. These students go well beyond the bell tower to reach this level of success. This is Star Gibbons here on Beyond the Bell Tower podcast, and I am here today with Sit Lolly Rubio. Um, Sit Lolly, you just want to say hi or introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, hi, my name is Sit Lolly Rubio. Um, I'm currently a senior here at NC State, also studying a political science and international studies with a minor in French. Wow. Um, and I just got back here. Um, from studying abroad in Brussels, Belgium, uh, spring semester. Oh wow, that's really really cool. Um, so Lolly also just um, did. She hosted a workshop at Trio's um, fall conference this year, where she uh, talked about her study abroad experience with other Trio students, and I heard it was really powerful and impactful. I haven't had the chance to study abroad yet. Um, it's something that I'm trying to like plan out, but that's really really inspiring that you've even been abroad at least once so um how did you like have you always wanted to study abroad or how did that come about um yeah when I came into college I knew that that was something I definitely wanted to do at one point it was just a matter of figuring out um where like what semester worked best and like just what was the best fit for me and how I was going to pay for it. Okay, so speaking of paying for things, um, are you, like, how do you identify with TRIO? Are you first-gen, low-income background, rural background? Um, yeah, uh, first-gen and low-income. Okay, so. so with that in mind, how did you work through that, <laughs> knowing that you can't afford something but really wanting to do it? So how did you even, like, start that process? Um, well, it was... Uh, honestly a matter of like trial and error um my original plan was to go in fall of 2018 which um year would that have been for you like which um junior semester or junior year first semester okay and then because um financial difficulties i had to postpone it to um last spring can you explain the process like through nc state for studying abroad just a little bit Uh, yeah um so first you have to do a study abroad 101 um, before this had to be done in person at the study abroad office um, in Holmes Hall. So like a workshop where they just kind of like tell you yeah, about it? Yeah, it's just like a broad overview of like what the steps you have to take. Okay. Um, so I did that. I did mostly everything. Um, what's it? Spring 2018 because the plan was fall okay. 2018. So I did most of everything that semester. Um, I, I originally wanted to do, um, I think, Paris or somewhere in France um, okay. because I was a French minor and my original goal was just to immerse myself in French. Right. Um, but then I found out that I think to do that you had to have a 202 level in French and at that point I think I was only taking 201. So I just decided to look at other options because I did really want to do it in the fall. Um, 
Brussels was the best fit. Um, at first, it was something I just kind of settled on. I was like, okay, I can't do France. I guess Brussels is the next best best option. Um, but then, after looking into the school there and just Belgium as a whole, it was a really perfect fit for me as like a political science and international studies major. Did you did you like kind of do all you did all that like back end research by yourself, or did you have someone like? kind of like recommend any programs and another question is kind of like a double question did you have to um pick your program before you started like the application process or before you really started getting into the process um yeah I think the application was original um I guess like a broad study abroad application and then after that there was like a program specific one okay um and so after looking I looked into like each individual program and like which ones like NC State had. Uh, like NC State has a direct program in France. Uh, the one in Brussels was not through NC State. I had to do it through a third party. How was that? Um, it was a bit more challenging and a lot more expensive had I just done it through NC State. Right. But I think in the end it was worth it. Just, I kind of started like the application process for study abroad, but then I'm mm-hmm. just, at this point, like I'm over it. And my advisor told me, she was like, um... She was like, yeah, you've already taken too many of your GEP. So at this point, like, she's like, at this point, then the best way to, like, go abroad would be, like, through an internship or, like, Mm -hmm. a a service, not a service break, like, just something small to do something random. Yeah, (laughs) There's not, like, a class or anything like that. Um, So in thinking about that or just, like, when you're applying to any program and trying to make sure that you're going to get credit for something here and there how was that or like again did you have anyone else kind of like advising you on that or trying to help you or you just had to kind of like sit and research it by yourself um it was I guess a mixture of both like I had to figure out who I because I had to do go to like a lot of different advisors for different things so like as a double major I had to go to one advisor to make sure start these classes were approved and then my other advisor to make sure that these classes would count and then I think I had to submit in like a total of eight classes that I potentially could take abroad mm-hmm. so I ended up also going to like the dean of chat like someone in chat yeah um and then I had a study abroad advisor through the state um but since it wasn't an NC state program it was like through a third party she wasn't um she was kind of like the advisor for everyone doing those types of programs not right. specific to the program mm-hmm. and then I had another advisor through the third party that I was doing it through mm-hmm. so it was a lot of like figuring out who I had to go to for what and getting things approved yeah, that makes sense um how many classes did you end up taking abroad like while you were there did you just do like one or two or um, or how does that work as far as like course load or what was that like so I wanted to take a lighter course load while I was abroad um I, I think that's probably always recommended yeah <laughs> yeah so I took three actual like courses in class and then I had an internship that also counted as like class credit okay so that's really cool and do you think like if you couldn't if you couldn't take a class actual class you think you still have done like the internship just just that abroad um i mean because it technically counts for a class but just that experience like only go abroad and to only intern yeah Mm 
Um, like one of the reasons I did choose Belgium was because I wanted to intern or like I wanted the chance for like an international internship. Um, but I don't know if I would have like been able to afford going abroad just for like the internship right. opportunity yeah. or at least definitely not in Europe, maybe like Latin America. Right. How has, how has that, um, how's your, your abroad study abroad experience like showed up like now that you're back here as far as like with French and everything like that? Do you think like, how has it impacted you overall? It pushed me to apply for, I guess like academically and professionally, it pushed me to apply for, um, like specific grants. Uh, like I interned with the Fulbright Commission in Belgium. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> so I submitted my application for like a Fulbright grant last month um, yeah. and hopefully that goes well. And then I'm also applying to another similar program called the TEPIF, which is like to teaching teaching English abroad in France. That would be really, really cool. <laughs> Yes. yes, that'd be really, really cool. <laughs> but like, how else do you think that that experience has like shown up or maybe even outside of academics? How has it impacted you? Um, I definitely feel a lot more confident in myself and like how I carry myself. And like, I see myself doing things now that I would not have felt comfortable doing. Or like, like, what? Um, <laughs> like even just doing like the trio conference, uh, presenting there, like about my experiences of study abroad. Um, I've felt really I think I, I mentioned this to Sarah that it like felt pre- I felt very comfortable presenting just because trio feels like family right. um and then on just like more of a like a on a different note um while I was abroad like sometimes I would just go out to bars like just myself yeah and I think like over the summer I was meeting up with some friends downtown and I was like I had parked my car and I was just walking downtown alone, like going to meet them. And at first I felt like anxious, like, oh, I'm here alone downtown. But right. Yeah. I was like, wait, I used to do this in Belgium all the time and it was fine. Like <laughs> That's now I'm in Raleigh. That's a great thing to be able to say, like, I did this in another country, so I can do it here. That's yeah. really good, though. What, what are some other ways or other, yeah, some other ways that maybe that experience has showed up for you? Um, oh, definitely. I feel a lot more independent. Um, I think everyone comes back from like study abroad with that like <laughs> feeling. I, while I was abroad, I solo traveled for two weeks, like over spring break, and so through doing that, I feel so much more like confident in myself. And I used to rely a lot on people here, like my family, my boyfriend, um, and now I feel like like it's good to have people, but I don't feel as reliant on them. How was how was like how were your relationships while you were abroad? <laughs> um, I mean, like I have a boyfriend, and I was thinking, like, what is he gonna do if I just go to another country? You know, so I feel like no one would like directly ask you that. But how was that? Um, we actually broke up, so didn't it's go. okay. <laughs> <laughs> like even like your relationships with like your family or like did that kind of add like an extra layer of stress just thinking about like what's going on back home or um was your family stressed while you were away yeah yeah um I know my mom she um she now uh, I live at home now um and at the time she was just living like my I have a sister but she goes to UNC Charlotte and so she was a like away at school I was away in another country and so kind of just knowing that she was like my my parents were also divorced so knowing that she was just kind of there like on her own that kind of affected me but she was very supportive and I mean I I knew that she was going to be supportive but part of me was to like I know she wishes like I was back home yeah 
I feel like I kind of share that experience even being here and my yeah. mom is at home by herself and I'm just like thinking like that is she okay like mm-hmm. kind of me wanting to be the mother like is she okay yeah. she's by herself yeah I wonder if something's going on and she won't tell me because I'm away or because she doesn't want me to worry yeah. or yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, like, I also have like my my father. I knew he was going through a difficult time as well, and like I would call my mom and like ask her about that, and she didn't want to go into detail because she just wanted me to like enjoy my time abroad right. and not have to worry about yeah. what was going on back home. Yeah. But that's fair. It's difficult, but that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Parents are like that. Um, let's where, see. Where's your like family from or where? Oh, my, my mom lives in Greensboro. Like, we're originally from Maryland, but mm-hmm. she moved to Greensboro, like, my senior year of high school, so I'm here. Which isn't okay. far, but mm-hmm. still. Yeah, it can feel far. Yeah. yeah. Have you been on any of, like, the alternative service breaks? Um. Yeah, I think spring 2018, so my sophomore year. Okay, so this was before you studied abroad, right? Yes. Okay, so that's really cool. So you did kind of, like, a, not a baby step, but... Yeah. <laughs> it was... Um, to Dilly, Texas, so it wasn't like too out there, um, but I went with a group here from NC State uh, to a family detention center in Texas. Um, Had you ever been out of the state before? Uh, yeah, I was. I'm born in. I was born in Michigan. So, okay, cool, yeah. cool. So yeah. yeah, you're you you travel a lot then, right? Uh, Between do you go back there or do um, you stay here? Just like I'm mostly. Here. I don't go back to Michigan too often. I have like a little bit of family there, but. I mostly just stay in North Carolina. Yeah, that's fair. But tell us about Texas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were, it was done through a, a group on campus that I'm also a part of, uh, Students for Immigrant Rights. And um, the president of the club, like, organized the, or she, yeah, she really helped organize the trip. Um, and we were volunteering with uh, the CARA Pro Bono Project, um, and they were, helping provide, um, like it was a family detention center, so it was just women and their kids who had been detained for crossing into uh, the United States. And so we were helping them. Um, it was basically like giving them legal advice, maybe not legal advice because we're not lawyers, but helping them <clears throat> like walk through the asylum process. And um, like they would tell us their stories on like why they had to flee their countries. And we would tell them like, they had to be interviewed. It's a whole complicated process, like, in getting right. to the United States, but the first step is, like, an interview, and then from there, if it goes well, they can go on to the next step of seeking asylum. Um, so we had, we helped them basically say, or hear their stories and tell them, like, what to emphasize on and, like, what parts to focus on so that they would have a positive response in their interviews. That's really, really cool. I know that's probably, like, really emotional, too. The first thing that I'm thinking about like that that comes to mind I don't know if you watch this show um Orange is the New Black yeah like the I want to say the most recent season they had like I mean these are inmates not not the same thing (laughs) but there were women who were trying to like pull their resources together by themselves and figure out how to make a compelling story to a judge about why they were in America to begin with Mm -hmm. and 
Um, have you seen that episode? I haven't seen the new season. Okay. I'm sorry that I'm, ru- I'm ruining <laughs> it for you. Ruining it for you. But they, they kind of do a similar thing where she's trying to like look up like stuff that has been used in the past to like convince a judge to let her let people stay in America and stuff like that. That is really a, a really emotional episode. And that's just what the, this has reminded <laughs> me of. Um, but that that's probably an, an empowering experience for you as an individual to to know that you had like a hand or a part in like kind of changing someone's um someone's I guess potential to stay here and to to be here and how does that how does that make you feel like as a political science major and then what were like the emotions how was that it was a lot to take in um, when we first, like when we first came back, we had we had like a debriefing because everyone was very like affected emotionally. Um, I know a lot of us, like we ended up going to counseling for a bit just because it was a lot um, right. to take in at once. And a lot of us did come from like immigrant or Latino backgrounds. So it was even more like we like we felt like we could have been in those shoes easily or like our parents had even been in those shoes. Right. Um, but it also like really brought us together and I mean, I know me personally and I'm sure a lot of others in the group, it made me like super grateful for the opportunities that I have here and it did, it made me want to like more passionate about helping the immigrant community, but I guess on the flip side, there is also like a lot of burnout from activism yeah. that comes yeah. with that and it's yeah. like you can only do so much. Yeah. As a fellow political science major, um, <laughs> I I have not had an, a, a unique experience like the one that you just described to us, but I can definitely kind of see myself getting burnt out already, just mm-hmm. trying to be active on this campus, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, and that's really difficult when you're really passionate about something, but then it's like, is like is my change actually impactful like how much change is going to be necessary to make a big impact or like is this really a cause that's worth fighting for or is it like a lost cause yeah things like that that's really tough but at least you you all were brave enough to seek counseling afterwards I mean that's great that's a great resource a resource to have if you want to I do remember like um, like when we first landed, we debriefed at the airport and just all kind of like, it was a really like nice, just to like all be together. And uh, several people on there were, myself included, were like this was one of the most, if not the most like impactful experience of our lives. Um, and then coming home, I was very like, oh, everything's fine. And I remember um, coming back to my house and I saw my mom and I just like broke down into tears and was like, like thank you so much for everything you've done for me. Yeah, you're making me want to oh, cry sorry. now. But oh, because um, I can only imagine, like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like you don't have to imagine because you've actually been there. So yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I um, and also too, um, I guess that um, that kind of like community building for you to have to share that experience with people from a similar background and for people who are passionate about the same things that you're passionate about are still like in contact like regularly uh yeah we, we have a group chat we actually named it um i think it was traumatic bonding 2018 <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah we still we had a meetup i think it was last fall um that we all even though it was well after this event we like 
all caught up. Um, I wouldn't say we all like keep in touch because a lot of people have graduated, um, mm-hmm. but like the group chat's still there yeah. and like the love's there if it's ever needed. Yeah. yeah. How did you, how did that make you feel at the time? Like, um, could you see like a difference in like your sense of community before you did an alternative before you went on that trip and then afterwards? Like, I know sometimes it takes like finding that group of people or having that experience on campus or through NC State to make you kind of actually feel like to yeah. c- to kind of create a bond with the NC State name because like we can all say go Wolfpack or yeah we're part of the Wolfpack but was that one of those times where you actually felt like you had made built your own Wolfpack within yeah. the Wolfpack you know <laughs> yeah yeah and we like we went on to host like host a couple of events on on campus um, like we painted like the free expression tunnel oh wow yeah about like and family detention and then we it was like all the group from like the spring break trip and then we had an event where we like it was like a panel where we all discussed our experiences and kind of like educated the community on family detention and then later that at the beginning of the summer we went and met up with uh congressman david price and yeah that's really that's really really (laughs) cool really really powerful i think after that that was the summer um it was uh, family detention got really like it was really in the news for um, I think Donald Trump had done something I'm trying to think what it was it was like there was like a lot of protests um, you want to just tell everybody that's listening what family detention is just in case they don't oh, they don't know yeah. <laughs> so when families are um, or not just families but like when people are coming into the United States and if they're caught um, they get put in these detention centers um, basically like a jail even though well yeah basically like jail um and there's like kids like we saw babies here um the name of our event was like um baby jail something like that and i think i'm not sure like how long people are allowed to be held in here but it can be a long time um it's a very long process that they have to go through to like have the interview and then even from there um like once once they leave it's like the journey it's like just beginning because there's it's still an even longer process to like seek asylum and refugee right so i guess uh going back what, what would you like tell someone who doesn't think that like a spring break trip is like is worth their time or that it's not necessarily for them or would you tell someone who who wants to study abroad but doesn't think that it's really an accessible opportunity for them um one of the things or like i made sure to point out like in my present the trio presentation was don't let money like the determining factor in why you don't study abroad because there's plenty of resources there and like there's ways to make it work so if like if it's something you want to do like it's definitely possible what about people who just like i feel like service breaks are like underrated Mm-hmm. So, like, what would you tell someone who thinks that, like, a, even a service break is underrated or just kind of, like, you need to pass by? Yeah, that was actually something I wasn't planning on doing while I was at NC State because I saw how expensive most of the programs were. And I didn't think it was worth, like, because a lot of them are, like, thousands of dollars right. for, like, a week. And I just didn't think it was worth it. Um, but the program we went on was very affordable. And then we found... Like, we did a lot of fundraising and found ways to lower the price even more. And it ended up being, like, significantly less than most of the programs here. Just, like, some people think, like, like they just, 
I mean, I'm not, if you don't want to study abroad, that's fine. But <laughs> some people just have like no interest or no curiosity about those things, you know? So what would you, like, how would you kind of sell this experience to someone else who's... I mean, if you're going to do it for like any reason, I guess it, it makes you more employable. Like experiences like that are good for, um, like, it's a good thing to talk about it on an interview. It shows you're like able to work in difficult circumstances. Um, yeah, so I mean, if you're going to do it for anything, like, it'll get you a job or yeah. help getting a job. Yeah, definitely. Because not everyone who wants to do something with French has been to Belgium. And not <laughs> not everyone could go and be in a detention center. Definitely not. And what do you, what do you want to do after college? <laughs> that question horrifies me. <laughs> um, I had wanted to go to law school. Um, that was part of the reason why I was so into immigrant rights. Oh, my gosh. You're like scaring me out. You guys, look, I'm a political science major. Sit Lolly is a political science major. Right now, I want to go to law school. And she, now she's saying that she, she wanted to go to law school, like as in past tense. So we just have to see what she's going to think. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but, and while it's like, I'm not like crossing it out, I just don't think I could do it straight out of undergrad. So I'm at least taking a gap year. Um, and then... Um, so I applied to like the Fulbright um, and I just like to take a year to hopefully go abroad kind of as like a gap year yeah. um, and honestly like the plan right now is just to teach English abroad um, that would be really really cool yeah I know we can barely teach English here so to teach it somewhere yeah. else yeah that would be really really yeah. cool and then when I hopefully like that year will give me more clarity on if I want to do law school or if I want to do grad school I'm also looking at like higher education but like with like an yeah. international focus to your question I don't know <laughs> um what like this is probably a, a, a bad question but like what age people would you teach or I think through the Fulbright um it's I think honestly um I applied to it in Mexico um, and it can be anywhere from, like, elementary up to, like, pat, like adults oh, okay. trying to learn English. That's really, really cool. Yeah. And I think with the Tapif, it's more like, um, like in France, it's more middle school to, I think, like, a younger demographic. But I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Okay. So... <laughs> We already know that, like, you said that studying abroad has made you, like, an independent person and more confident. Um, could you just kind of talk generally about, um, like, I guess that's really like a coming of age adult, coming into adulthood type thing where you do stuff like that by yourself. <laughs> do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So, um, for spring break, we had two weeks off and I'd always wanted to travel, like, alone and so I figured well, why so maybe you enjoy the experience more when you don't have like or can you can go at your own pace take it in as you want to yeah it was a mixture of that and like I wanted to like the freedom to do like whatever I wanted and I also wanted like the challenge and I figured if I could do it in Europe then I would be able to do it anywhere else like yeah when, like then it'd be a matter of just traveling whenever I would like to and just having that confidence of knowing I did it and then I can do anything. Yeah. So but, what 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 specific experiences did you have? Um, I mean, I had a lot of like really great experiences. Um, like I think Croatia, going to Croatia. That's I think one of the happiest I've ever felt in my life. Really? Yes. Would you go back and like stay there? Um, maybe not to live, but I definitely am planning on going back. I feel like I wasn't there long enough to enjoy everything. 
Um, and then I had a couple of very scary experiences. Okay, <laughs> tell us about those. <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. <laughs> so I had started in Florence and I met with up with some friends who are also in TRIO and also studying, or were also studying abroad that semester. That's cool. Yeah. TRIO's everywhere, you guys. Yes. <laughs> I met with them in Florence and after that I went to Rome. And that's when my real like solo journey started. Um, and Rome was great for the most part. I even ended up meeting uh, another person from Asheville, like in Rome. So that was really cool. Um, but while I was there, I got followed. Um, and I was kind of harassed by this man. Um, wow. Yeah. So that was like first experience for that alone. Um, and it was kind of scary because I didn't have like any, I, there were like bystanders and I felt like someone would intervene. Like intervene, yeah. It, nothing really happened. So I just kind of had to get myself out of there myself. Yeah. What was that? What was that like? I mean, like, like during, I know this probably like just like a oh, terrible feeling, but afterwards, how did you feel? I, like when I got out myself out of the situation, I was kind of like a little relieved, of course. Um, but then I was more alert and had to realize like I have to be like on if I'm going to be out by myself, I have to be alert 24 seven. Yeah. The other experience, I guess, was uh, I had when I was in Slovenia, um, I lost my or no, I went to take out money from the ATM and the machine like ate my debit card. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I would have melted down. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I had um like two cards. I had my Wells Fargo card from like the United States and I had a Belgian debit card. And the Belgian debit card had I think like 5 euros, like almost nothing on it. And my Wells Fargo card had most of my money on there. And I went to go take cash out cuz I think at the time I had like 10 euros left, so I wanted I needed more. And I put it in I think like two times and it kept saying something in Slovenian and I was trying to figure out what it said and then the last time I put the card in it didn't give it back <laughs> what did you do <laughs> just for future reference what did you do <laughs> um I cried first first of all um I called my mom and I was just panicking like mom like it ate my debit card <laughs> what do yeah. I do <laughs> and she told me to or she really like helped me like calm one calm me down and like talk me through the process because I guess when you're like going through something like that, it's very hard to think clearly. Yeah. So um, the first thing she told me was to go to the bank directly. And Wait, pause just, especially when you know like how expensive it was to even be there. And then like, you know, like you're, you're relying on having, you know, money to get food, to do this, to do that, to get around that. Like... I mean, for again, again, like for some people, I feel like that's not a. It wouldn't be a big deal. It'd just be like, oh, my debit card's gone. I got to get another one. But like, again, when you're already struggling financially, that yeah, that's just be like a really big deal for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And then having to like reach out to my mom for help was like another difficulty. Yeah. Like, and like her knowing that I was like going through that like in another country where she like could only do so much to help me out yeah. like I hated putting her under that yeah like the same stress I was going under yeah but you survived I did yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Lolly is alive and well you guys <laughs> and she still had a great experience study abroad experience yes. So. Yes. but what what else what other like big takeaways have you had from all of this traveling or yeah um well, from that experience, um, 
what what ended up happening was my mom tried to, or she was going to wire me money to my Belgian card, and later that night, well, when she had gone to the bank and done everything, um, she called me later that night and told me that it would take, I think, like five to seven business days. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And I think at the time I had, I think maybe like 10, 10 euros, and I still had a couple days left on the trip before I was going back to Belgium. Um, so I was staying in a hostel and I remember... What's that? Oh, it's like a like a mixture between like a college dorm and a hotel. Um, okay. It's like, you're basically, cr- like you get a bed and like a locker and you crash with a bunch of strangers. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like an affordable al- alternative to a hotel. Right. So, so just part of the experience. Yes. <laughs> but um, I went down like to the hostel I was staying in and talked to the front desk people. And um, I, I basically told them what had happened, um, explained my situation. And I asked, like, is there like a Western Union or like anywhere I can get money like immediately? And they said, like, yeah, no, there's really like nothing here. Um, and at that point, I kind of just broke down because I was like, I, I have no other options. Like, I don't know what to do. And right. the owners there offered to, or first they said, well, if you need a place to stay, like, you can you'll feel free to stay here and you can pay us later. And I had a train to catch the next day, so I couldn't stay there. Right. And I told him that. And then he's like, well, we've, like, seen this happen before. Um, so we'll lend you money if you, like, just to, like, help you get by, like, the next few days. Um, and, like, he gave me money. Like, he ended up giving me 200 euros, um, him and his wife. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then they gave me, like, an extra 20 for, like, food. They're like, oh, have you eaten? And I think at that point I hadn't eaten all day because I didn't have money. So they, like, gave me money for food. He's like, you look like you need a shot. Like, they gave me, <laughs> like, some free shots. Um, and afterwards, um, his wife went out and she like she spoke to me and we we spoke for a bit and she really like they were like my angels and I still think of them like wow they were my angels that day yeah literally yeah so I mean a lot of people like even though that was a terrible situation to be in you still got something out of it and you still were able to meet like great people because some people they go and everyone's rude or or, I mean you did get harassed and followed but (laughs) You know, some you still it was still part of the experience. Are there a lot of scholarships offered for low income frustration students yes, to travel abroad? Yes. Um, I one of the best known ones and like I definitely recommend applying anyone trying to study abroad apply for the Gilman scholarship. Okay. Um, I think I've seen that. Yeah, it's like through the Department of State. It's it's competitive but it's also reasonable. I think the acceptance rate's like twenty five percent. So it's like definitely like worth applying to um and you just like there's like two essays um one's like a like I guess kind of like a personal statement and another's like a statement of like grant grant purpose and you have to uh well like the whole thing is you study abroad and then when you come back you have to do some type of like service type thing right which is usually not that hard Yeah, yeah yeah so I have a friend who she got she went to Ecuador and she got it um, also in the spring semester, and then she just went and like did a presentation at her high school and talked to them about study abroad. So it was, yeah. I think she got like a couple, three or four thousand dollars, and that's, wow, yeah. yeah. And NC State has a similar one, but it's like only within NC State. Also, 
pretty competitive. Um, the NC State Study Abroad or Chancellor Study Abroad Scholarship. Um, I received that one for last semester, and it's just you get like also a pretty good amount of money. Like I got three thousand five hundred. Okay. Now that I'm back, I have to do like three different um, study abroad like services. So like, and one has to be specifically for like an underrepresented group. So for mine, like I did the trio yeah. conference. Yeah. Um, and then I just like volunteered at like the study abroad fair and just like things like that. So it's really, it's definitely doable. Yes. Yes. So definitely look into the resources that are out there. So, yeah. yeah. Um, another issue I ran into like in trying to study abroad was with my visa. And that was also partly my fault because I just, I waited. It was a very long process. There was like a lot of different steps that had to go into it. Um, and going to like, I had to get like my fingerprints taken at like the like the, like an FBI detention center. It was like some fairly like I think it was like the Wake County like jail cell center. Or something. Oh. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> I was like, why am I here? <laughs> yeah, but, not fun. <laughs> yeah, I had to get like my fingerprints taken. Um, I had to. It was like a lot of different documents that I had to go to different people for, um, and then I had to go to Atlanta to do like the actual visa interview thing. Um, and I waited till the very last, well, it was, it was a long process. So I did everything throughout the course of the semester, but like, I didn't go to Atlanta till like December and I didn't get my visa until after I had bought the plane ticket. So I ended up having to get a new flight and it cost an extra like $300. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That, I don't know, I guess from that I learned just do everything on time or like don't wait till the last minute but still I mean I guess kind of anticipate a long and complicated process but at the same time that did not stop you from going you could have just been like to hell with this stuff I'm not going anywhere you know (laughs) what I mean and you didn't let fear stop you from going either so that's that's yeah. something to be yeah. really proud of because some people are like, no. So Lolly said that this happened to her, so I'm <laughs> never going. But you still got something out of it. Yeah, study abroad. Do yeah. it. <laughs> Trio Student Support Services Program and Student Support Services STEM are federally funded college retention and completion programs. These programs focus on academic, personal, and career support for under-resourced undergraduate students. At Trio SSS and SSS STEM, our goal is helping our students reach their goals. We are currently accepting new students to our program. Apply today. Go to www.ncsu.edu to learn more about student support services at NC State.